Okay. Good morning. Would you please stand and sing with us? God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for bringing us here together um, to worship you in this place. Lord, today we pray that you would open our hearts and open our minds so that we could focus on the message and receive your word. In Jesus' name, amen.
one another. Good morning. I want to welcome you to Memorial United Methodist. My name is Joe Cade. I'm the pastor here. We're so grateful that you joined us today. We've got uh, Kathy Farrand on the piano. We're grateful that you're here today and that your family's here with us. We appreciate having you. Yeah. We like to frame, I tell you what, before I say that, um, we've got surveys. We told you we would have volunteer surveys in, uh, through the end of the year. They're on the end of your aisle, a paper version. Digital version will be in the email every week uh, through the end of the year. But if you would like a paper version, just add, just um, grab one of these. Um, you can fill it out through the service. You can take it home with you. Uh, just remember to bring it back. And if you fill it out, you can put it on the back table back there. Um, we want to get people in exactly the spot that they want to be. We did this um, a couple months ago for the leadership on our committees. It worked out really well. We put people exactly where they wanted to be. We appreciate you filling it out. Same thing. If you, uh, it's got things like ushering and playing in the band and reading books to our CEP children during the week. Um, if you want to do that, just pick up the sheet and let us know. We'd like to frame our announcements in the five practices of fruitful congregations, uh, the first of which is radical hospitality. So I invite you to uh, get your bulletins, open them up. Uh, you have a section for every one of these, and you can take it home with you for uh, the first see you next couple weeks, uh, months, things that are happening. Um, we have visitor cards and prayer cards. If you are a visitor and would like us to have any information of yours, um, uh, just raise your hand and an usher will bring you a card. And if you have a prayer concern you'd like to share with our Tuesday prayer group, you can raise your hand and an usher will bring you a card to share with us. On the front page of your bulletin every week is a phone number. That phone number leads directly to a voicemail. It doesn't ring a phone. And you can leave a message that's an emergency pastoral care uh, and we'll get it immediately and respond as quickly as we can. Or it can be, I just simply want to share a prayer concern with you. Um, just tell us that and we'll be glad to do it. Supper at 6 will be December 6th. Um, the details uh, of the menu are there and it's changed. And it's a big change. Y'all know Brett Hovis? Y'all know how big Brett Hovis's grill is? It's enormous. You need a truck to pull that thing. Brett Hovis is going to cook for us exclusively. And he starts a week from, what, this Wednesday. Uh, so Brett's going to be cooking all of our meals. And you'll see the meal has changed. You can see that in the bulletin. And uh, you can give Brett a pat on the back uh, for being willing to do that, um, both now and uh, in the future. Um, we believe in passionate worship. We've got a couple important things about that. We have a meeting about sanctuary uh, renovations today. Renessa, in the 11 o'clock service, has grown the choir beyond the maximum capacity of the chancel area, which is tremendous. Um, so we've talked for months about how to adjust that area to allow for more seating, but also um, maintain the original beauty of the space. We think we have the perfect idea to do that, and we'll have a meeting directly following the 11 a.m. service to pitch it. I'm going to see, it's a holiday weekend, it's hard to, and we don't have everybody on deck, but I'm going to see if we can record it, um, if you miss it and you're interested in hearing about it. Um, there's a poinsettia order form in the back of your bulletin if you want that. And we have a baptism today at 11 o'clock. Uh, Colin Reed Saunders will be baptized. The Saunders family will be joining our church. 
Uh, they're connected to Terry and Diane Arthur. They're their neighbors, and they invited them to come. Uh, so there's a note in the bulletin if you'd like to share a message with them or a prayer with them or just we're grateful to have you in the family. Um, there's a section in the bulletin for you to do that, and you can also leave that on the back table in black. Uh, we believe in intentional faith development, and this is one of the funny versions of that that we'll have occasionally. We don't have anything tonight. Uh, there's no classes or meetings tonight um, because of the holiday weekend in Greenville County Schools. We believe in risk-taking mission and service. You'll see the um, Christmas tree in the back. Is, uh, that's an angel tree. It's for uh, gifts for families. We've really uh, taken most of them off. Um, we'll try to check the 11 o'clock and make sure we have balance of the two. Um, but a number of them have been taken. We're grateful for that. If you'd like to take one, you certainly can. Um, finally, we believe in extravagant generosity. That is uh, the surveys. If you want to fill out anything about the surveys, if you want to give to the Blue Ridge High School Choir that came and was so great for us, make sure you note that. Um, we're going to collect that probably through the end of the year. Um, they don't need the money until the spring. We want to give them the most possible. And if you missed uh, Consecration Sunday and want to, uh, you need a pledge card, just let us know. We'll make sure we get you one. I think that is everything. So let's uh, pray together. Gracious God, it's been a very busy week. We've hosted, we've traveled, we've eaten, we've played games with one another. We had the week to come in which we had to pick up everything that was missing last week. But in that gap, help us, Lord, in this morning to open time, to open our hearts and minds to your message for us this week. As we hear a message about your son being a king, but a different king than we've ever heard of, help us, Lord, to recognize the significance. As we pray in this service, as we sing in this service, as we read and proclaim in this service, help us, Lord, to make them instruments of your grace in your peace. Inspire us this morning, Lord, as we pray the prayer your Son taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We're going to start off today with a picture. What's this child thinking? I don't want to talk to whoever that is. Or I don't want to be close to who, whatever that is. I want to be close to the person that is protecting me from whatever that is. Thanksgiving gatherings, lots of times bring families together. They have people who are rarely speaking to one another, not necessarily negatively, but they just don't see each other very often, bumping into each other and having conversations. You've got to come up with something. And if you have something that's 12 months old, 14 months old, 28 months old, a topic with that person, it can be awkward. If you have a new child new grandchild, this child's grown up and is now talking to people. It's uh, people who rarely speak approaching one another. 
And lots of times, that's the feeling. Now, that age child will do that, but adults feel it too. They just don't do it. They actually talk to you. Now, it'd be funny if a grown adult, if when approached and talked to someone, went and got behind the other one and just kind of hugged on their leg. That's the feeling they have. It's just not socially acceptable uh, for adults to do that. The dynamic changes when this child becomes a teen and all of a sudden the adults are scared of the teen, right? Are you a little more nervous to talk to a teenager than you are a five-year-old, a ten-year-old? You fear that you are not cool and that they see whatever weakness you have in a second. That's the study is that a a middle schooler can break you down in a hurry and know your deepest weakness, deepest fear, deepest pain, and can bring it up. And so you all of a sudden are the one that's nervous. The thing there is apprehension. Anxiety or fear that something bad will happen in this interaction. And when I come to a new church and I want to be involved in the preschool, just like this preschool, I will go down the hallway and speak to children. I'll try to be out there when they're coming in the door. And I am basically Godzilla to them. You know, they're like this big. And so who is this guy? But about a month in when school starts and I start doing chapel and start playing the guitar with them and start being goofy with them and sitting down and they're just as tall as I am, all of a sudden that apprehension is gone. But it starts there. It starts right here. Most social interactions. Um, With that in mind, we're going to look at our text for today. Matthew 25, verse 31. Now when the human one comes in his majesty... And all his angels are with him. He will sit on his majestic throne. All the nations will be gathered in front of him. He'll separate them from each other, just as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right side, but the goats he will put on his left. So your first word is illustration. It's significant to understand that this is an illustration. Because lots of people read it as this is the exact thing that will happen or it's a thing that already happened. Jesus most frequently used images to try to give the point to people so that they could understand something significant and it would stick. Uh, Are they saying, is this a crystal ball into reality? That one day uh, some of us are going to be sheep and some of us are going to be goats? Maybe. But the big deal to understand is that this is an illustration to try to give them a point, to try to help them understand a significant concept. The first of which is the next word, which is majesty. Said he will sit on his majestic throne. Now, majesty was the original trouble. Jesus said, I'm the Messiah. I'm the chosen one. I'm the one that's to lead us all when... You remember hearing about his birth? We're about to read about it. You remember where he was from? Nazareth? You remember who he was with? You remember who his parents were? There's nothing in any way, shape, or form that ties him to royal lines or any significance. So to say majesty hasn't made any sense up to this point. Plus the way he interpreted scripture, the way he interpreted circumstances around them, the people he paid attention to, the practices that he followed, that made it even worse 
There's nothing majestic about this guy. He's down in the dirt with the simplest of people in the simplest towns. There's not a single, single majestic thing about him. But now he's talking about a throne. Finally, there's going to be a throne and a person who takes this back for us. Because these people that he's speaking to, they are conquered people. They are people that are occupied by another nation, and that other nation makes them do whatever they want. And guess what? That ties directly back to another time they were conquered. And the time before that when they were conquered. And the time before that they were conquered. And the time before that they were slaves in a foreign land. Give us someone who is going to deliver us and be a king and make us win. We want to win. We want to be in charge. We want to be powerful. But then that last part, the next phrase is shepherd will separate. Now shepherd's been used a lot. Shepherds were approached that he was born. Shepherd images were used. Lamb images were used. Goat images were used. All kinds of farming and agriculture because those people got it. And normally it's a comforting image. It's a comforting image when Jesus says, if I'm a shepherd and I've got 99 out of 100 sheep, it's not good enough. I'm going for the 100th. If I'm a shepherd and I'm the gatekeeper, no one's going to go through here but through me. It's protective images of a shepherd. Today is a little different. He says the shepherd is going to separate. So then we have apprehension. Which way are we going? Who's in charge? Which one of us is going where? If I said to you, this crowd, I'm going to separate you out, what would you say? You'd say, which way my loved ones are going? If you're a parent, you think about children. If you're a child, you think about parents. If you're a grandparent, you think about grandchildren. If you think about people on your road, if you think about all the connections that you have, if I say, um, all right, let's number off. One, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. One's over here. Two's over here. Two's, we're going outside. What would y'all think? Mm -mm. You would think, child behind the leg, I don't want to do that. And this is the image that he's given them. Verse 34. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who will receive good things from my father. Inherit the kingdom that was prepared to you before, for you before the world began. I was hungry and you gave me food to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothes to wear. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. So the next phrase. You took care of me. You ever hear a king say that? No. I mean, the king's got people. The king's got the castle. The king's got the most food. The king's got the biggest army. The king can do whatever the king wants to do as long as the other royals are willing to go along with him. If the president of the United States said, when you served the weakest people, you are serving me. I wonder how people would hear that. Because when someone is running for president, 
when someone is elected president, there's a phrase that people say about that position. Most powerful person in the world. They've said it for maybe since the 50s, since we won World War II. The most powerful person in the world. Because that person is in charge of the most powerful army in the world, has the most powerful connections, can do or say, even though the um, founders of our nation put all, sort of all sorts of balances in there, this is the most powerful person in the world. And you never hear the president say that, whomever the president is. Forget who, current or Republican, Democrat. When you served the weakest, you are serving me. So let's look at a quote from uh, Thomas Stegman. And um, we got on, yeah. The first is a statement about God. The God of Jesus, the God of the Bible, is not a remote supreme being on a throne up there above the clouds or out there somewhere in the mysterious reaches of the universe. Jesus said God is here in the messiness and ambiguity of human life. God is here, particularly in your neighbor, the one who needs you. You want to see the face of God? Look into the face of one of these least of these, the vulnerable, the weak, the children. That's significant. Significant that but just before, three weeks before, we gather on Christmas Eve and we read about the Son of God born in a tiny place outside with the animals. From that moment until this moment, near the end of this gospel, near the end of Jesus' earthly life, he's consistently giving people the message. The brokenness, the sickness, the pain, the loss... These are all the places where God can be found. Significant. Verse 37. Then those who are righteous will reply to him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you a drink? When did we see you as a stranger and welcome you? Or naked and give you clothes to wear? When did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? The king will reply to them, I assure you, that when you have done it for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you have done it for me. So your next phrase is brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters, as you look around. Brothers and sisters, as you drive on the road. Brothers and sisters, as you go through major towns. Brothers and sisters, as we continue to gather in um, holiday Meals, traveling to family, getting together at the lake house or grandmother's house or now your house, whatever it may be. Brothers and sisters, he says. When you've done it for them, you have done it for me. So let's talk about the word again, apprehension. You may fear reaching out to someone that's in need for any number of reasons. You may think, you know what? I helped somebody last time. They just took advantage of me. Felt stupid. I gave them money that I shouldn't have given them. They did something they shouldn't have done with it. 
You may feel apprehension. I don't even know what to say to a person that's brokenhearted, that doesn't have anything that's lost. You may have someone in your family that's truly struggling. You have apprehension and you think, you know what? I've said it before. They acted like they were listening. They're not going to listen this time either. They're not going to follow it either. They're not going to do it either. There may be any number of reasons to have apprehension to reach out to another person. Big reason is to think, because I'm not God. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. Because I'm not Jesus. I don't have all that power. I don't have all that authority. I can't heal someone. And I'm scared to talk to them. Whatever it may be, there's any number of reasons to be that child hiding behind that leg. Here's the relief. We are not Jesus when we are serving people. We don't have to be. Which is good news because we can't be. In fact, we are serving Jesus when we serve those people. Now, to be fair, there's a mere um, version of this text after this one that there are people who didn't do it and they say, wait a minute, I didn't see. This wasn't, you didn't tell me this was going to be on the test. How did I know that we were going to have to feed those people, serve those people, clothe those people, whatever it may be? He says, when you ignored those people, you ignored me. So the last word, majesty. Now we're not obsessed with um, royalty in this country, but we see it um, on TV. Seen different versions of it. If you study history, you see different versions of it. The big thing that you want to establish, if you want to make sure that you have majesty, is the most secure car. You want to have the um, nicest room. You want to have the biggest table. You want to have the most intimidating gathering space so that when people walk in your space, they know that you are in charge. The majesty that he describes is the entire opposite. You're going to find my kingdom, you're going to find my majesty in brokenness, in pain, in loss. So the upside of that is, if you're experiencing those things for whatever reason they may be, and if it's elevated because of the holidays for whatever reason it may be, Understand that when you are in that situation and when you are speaking to that person and when you're doing that thing and when you're serving that meal, you are serving Jesus himself because he said so. So I'm not concerned with making sure that you know the answers to the test so that we can know exactly the thing that we have to do so that when we get to a point that may happen, we can go, oh good, I get to go this way. I'm concerned with showing you that the brokenness and the pain of life is exactly where God is. It's exactly where you're supposed to be. And it's exactly the opportunity to serve Jesus himself. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you'll stand as you're able and join me in our affirmation of faith. We believe in God the Father, infinite in wisdom, power, and love whose mercy is over all his works, and whose will is directed to his children's good. We believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Man, the gift of the Father's unfailing grace, the ground of our hope, and the promise of God fulfilled. 
We believe in the Holy Spirit as a divine presence in our lives, reminding us always of the truth of Christ, our inspiration and strength in times of joy and sorrow. We believe our faith should be apparent in our words of love and acts of service, that the kingdom of God may be a present reality here on earth. I see we say it every week. We say it every week. We talk about his majesty. We talk about his royalty. And it's found in that last phrase. Words of love and acts of service. You may be seated. It's now time for our offering. And you can give as the plate goes by. Or you can give online with instructions in the bulletin.
you please stand and sing this last one with us?
Kathy, we're grateful to have you. Thank you. So I'm not all that majestic. I don't dress fancy. I don't say fancy words. I'd hide behind somebody's leg about half the time in social interactions. But God chose me. You might not feel all that majestic sometimes. God chose you. You are participating in the kingdom of God when you reach out to the brokenness of other people. Go in peace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit go with you all. Amen.